Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hi, gentlemen. I've called the show once or twice my national endowment-like execution under a certain influence on multiple occasions, and, and yet to be featured for my illustriousness majestically displayed the most poetic of vocal depictions, if I might say so. But that, that wonderful feeding frenzy for my narcissism that I lust for so dearly has not yet been granted for a reason still undisclosed to me. Now, whether it be my fetishly sadistic and some might say continuous inappropriate visual-like depictions of priests being sodomized by aliens with Scientology affiliations, of course, I'm not one to speculate. Nevertheless, it still escapes me. Anyway, glory hole, motherfuckers. Hey guys, this is Foster from Foster Disbelief. I just wanted to call and let you all know how proud I am to live in a country where a kid who takes an offensive picture and posts it on Facebook is punished more harshly than a professional athlete who cold cocks his wife in an elevator on video. I'd compare his punishment to the punishment people receive for shooting unarmed black people, but I don't want to cry on air. Glory home. Hey guys, it's Rob out of Texas again. Listen, you know, one thing I have learned is that a lot of talented people have have failed in their careers very soon uh, because they didn't they didn't know their limitations. They didn't have brackets of how how good or bad they could be at certain things. I mean, you look at you know Millie Vanilli and and Chris Cross. Okay, those guys, they didn't they didn't recognize not only their full potential, but lack thereof. And then, you know, look at Marky Mark. That guy's trying to come back hard, you know? That guy, he's, he's, going, he's going crazy. Game Busters. Gang, gang Busters? Is it game or gang? I don't know. Anyway, I think you guys have stepped into an important place in your career. You have begun at least 50% of your bracket. Uh, you have reached bottom with your last show. <laughs> you found where the bottom was when you said, I'm going to go drop a prayer baby in the baptismal. <laughs> it's like a colloquialism for taking a dump. That's, I think that's the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> so, congratulations. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 181, and we have a uh, returning... I think I think the, the gentleman who has... Gentleman... <laughs> 
That's sort of a <laughs> – let me catch myself for a moment. We have the individual who I think has had the most appearances on our program, Cecil. I think so. Jake from the Imaginary Friends Show – Dot com podcast. Nice. Hello. Welcome to myself. <laughs> you should feel welcome. You should have like have yeah, a fucking your own I sofa do. in the corner at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got my sofa on. I've got my cognitive dissonance dressing gown. <laughs> got my slippers on. I'm looking great and feeling good. His cognitive dissonance dressing gown is basically one of my shirts. That's it. It's like when your dad, it's like when you're like a little kid, you're wearing like your dad's work shirt, you know, and it like yeah. comes down past your fucking ankles. Actually, he had his wife cut it in half and sew it, and it's still that big. They yeah. use it as a sleeping bag when they go yeah. camping. It's like a, they tie it to two trees. It's like a koala sling, slingshot. It's like half a dozen pull. hammocks. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I look forward to it. That, that's actually not a bad idea, a, a koala slingshot. I look forward to the day when Australia starts to weaponize our our, uh, our native animals because they, they are actually really annoying. Like if you, if you have a koala drop on your head, they will scratch your eyeballs out. That's actually quite a fascinating idea. I like that. Let's, let's weaponize our koala. And if you walk into a, an area where wombats are walking, wombats are these, these little tiny things. They kind of look like groundhogs except uh, groundhogs on steroids and um, nuclear waste. But uh, they, they're enormous little things. And if you walk into their territory, they will chew your ankle off. I like this idea. Tom, have you ever heard koalas fighting? Hold on a second. There's a, there's a YouTube of it. I'm going to play it for Oh, you. no. It's most likely koalas fucking because no, they – they, oh. <laughs> this is fake, right? This is fake. You're fucking with me. <laughs> they sound vicious. <laughs> they sound like clowns yeah, fighting. They sound like somebody with like a like you know the the horn nose, like the hong hong. <laughs> fucking awesome, I love the man. idea that you even have to say, oh. like, we should weaponize our... Your fucking animals are already weaponized. All you have to do is work on the delivery <laughs> system. Like, yeah. It's like, I think saying, like, we should weaponize our nuclear bombs. Like, yeah, I think you've got yeah. that one down. It's really just a delivery at this point. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Put a uh, put a koala on the end of a nuclear bomb and you're away. <laughs> just a trebuchet filled with koala bears and wombats. <laughs> uh, they're not bears. Tom, they're not bears. Aren't they still called koala bears? No, only by ignorant they're Americans. They're adorable oh, little well, bears. Then I fucking fit right in. <laughs> they're little bears. I mean, come on, they're cute little bears. Are they, mean, are they actually mean? Like, if if you were to corner one, like if you were to corner one and then pick it up and fucking snuggle it. <laughs> Yeah, no, they they they're actually most of the time they they're really quite um, nice because they they're drunk. You know, ninety percent of the time they are drunk as well. They're, they're drunk as a koala, basically. So because they, they they're drinking um, eucalyptus, which is a has uh, you know it's a toxin, and uh, so they're high. They're drunk basically the entire time that they're awake, which is a very minuscule part of the day, <laughs> and. Uh, and then, like you know, so dad. if you pick them up, they're pretty okay. So they're, but, uh, they're the, basically like frat kids. They, I mean, there's like, there's no difference between them and your average frat kid. Like, that's it. Yeah, well, they all have chlamydia, uh, too, so uh, they're exactly the same. Exactly. Are you sure this is not actually like a, like one of the, one of the houses on campus? 
<laughs> they have like little little frat t-shirts on. They're like, go cats! Is <laughs> if there's a fucking sofa on the front porch oh. of their eucalyptus tree, that is a frat, my friend. Oh, oh Tom, that's Tom, this, awesome. this show's off the rails. We haven't even done a story yet. I don't care about the fucking rails. <laughs> <laughs> So let's do this. Why? What the fuck? All right. This story comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Robert Oscar Lopez, because somebody was asking him for advice. LGBT advocates are like Pol Pot and are after your kids, plain and simple. Um, he's the latest anti-gay activist to uh, attack at the human rights campaign. Um, and uh, these comments are sort of unreal, uh, comparing LGBT rights activists to the Khmer Rouge. So, who is who is Robert Oscar Lopez? You you, you must Your know. Your guess him. is you, as good as mine. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I've never heard of this guy before in my life. He's just somebody that evidently is just fucking yammer. Really hateful. And yammer is significant. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, obviously, he's a moron. Uh, there's no there's no great there's no better way to to say that he is just a deluded piece of trash. I don't want to say white trash because his surname suggests that he's not, but uh, he's he just seems to be a deluded piece of trash. Well, let's let's read uh, some of the things that he's had to say, Jake. Because I want to get your I want to get your comments on kind of the specifics. I think we need to before we just go straight ad hominem, which I'm I'm more than happy to do. I think we really need to address the meat of some of these arguments. Um, no, no, no. But he said it was plain and simple. Oh, he did. I guess he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said it's, it's basically plain and simple. They are like Pol Pot. It is plain and simple. Well, then so you don't you don't actually need to go into the content because it's plain and simple. Well, he does say, gentlemen, readers, these folks are trying to find a way to get the sperm out of your testicles and into their laboratories. Lady readers, these folks need to find a way to implant an embryo of their sperm, an an embryo of their sperm in your womb. Keep you obedient during gestation and then take your baby away forever. And moving on, people don't generally want to let lesbians milk sperm out of their testicles. And that's where I first thought, speak for yourself, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm li- like, sign me up right now. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Exactly. Word for word. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Where, where do I where do I have to go for this? This this sounds like a really great time. Where do I have to go to get a lesbian to milk the sperm out of my nuts? This is basically the setup for every short and hastily yeah. written movie that I have ever seen. All you need to do is deliver pizzas. I hear that's that's the way to get in a world where there's no way to have sex, but you can reproduce by lesbians milking your testicles. That sounds like a great world. (laughs) (laughs) This summer, Uh. get your testicles milked by a lesbian. (laughs) Don't you dare close your eyes. (laughs) Oh, crap, it's in my head. Oh, man. I love, too, like, so so these lesbians are going to milk the sperm (laughs) out of my testicles, which, again, they're going to get very little uh, pushback from me on that particular agenda item. But now, I mean, okay, so that kind of sounds pretty heterosexual to me, actually. Like, we're all upset yeah. that the that these fucking women are going to try to bamboozle men into giving them sperm. And it's like, well, most of us will just donate. Yeah. Like, we're good with that. Like, you don't really have to bamboozle. <laughs> you you can be pretty fucking upfront yeah. about that situation. But also uh, the, the, the premise that uh, gay people are intending to get their 
fertilized embryos into women. Was that was that was the word? Yeah, wasn't exactly. It? They yeah, wanted exactly to get their it. fertilized embryos an into... embryo of their sperm. Mm. An embryo of their sperm. I don't an embryo of this sperm. I, I love what, that. what is what is that? Well, you didn't what know that gays self replicate. I don't think you knew that, but that's that's how they they actually they just split right down the middle. And so just... I take my sperm and then I em- um, I embryo it. <laughs> I don't know how I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose your 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 testicles are the place. You know, they they are effectively the sperm factory. So are they trying to suggest, or is he trying to suggest that you're trying to put the, your testicle inside? Their embryo, or in your testicle inside the womb, or something like that. I'm willing to give I mean, it a whirl. That's in a literal set. I mean, yeah, I'm not opposed isn't that basically teabagging? Yeah. It's yeah, it's a really sophisticated and very difficult teabagging maneuver. It turns out. Oh well, I love this uh, this sentence here. He says they've convinced themselves, referring to gays, that gays are a tribe under themselves. The so what? they're consuming goal is to populate the tribe so they don't disappear. What this guy doesn't appear to understand is that by, uh, you know, vilifying gay people, by hating gay people, by, uh, you know, lynching gay people, by uh, by basically uh, doing everything that you can to segregate them from, uh, you know, the mainstream society, we've pretty much, they've done their part to push them into a stage where they feel like they are a tribe under their own. It's not as though they don't want to be a part of society. If there's one thing that I've heard from the LGBTQITSPN um, community, it's that they want to be a part of, they want equality. They want to be a part of the larger society. They don't want to be segregated. Yet this guy is saying that it is a defining quality of LGBTs. I'm just not sure he's smart. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, you know, I started to question the same thing when I read the paragraph where he's talking about, you know, how the uh, the slavery comparison is not an apt comparison. He says, wasn't slavery the problem with slavery? Not all the horrors that sometimes accompany slavery and sometimes do not. And I thought, well, I think the horrors were problematic as well. Like, I don't think that you could discount the horrors when you have a situation which has horrors that accompany it. At no time can you be like, well, the thing was bad, but the horrors, well, the horrors of it were pretty good. No, <laughs> no, the, kind of definitionally, the horrors were horrible. That's kind of how horrors oh, work. This guy. What a human, right? <laughs> isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it just great that, you know, we get to share the planet, <laughs> like, with people like this. Yeah. I mean, firstly, intellectual powerhouse, let's acknowledge it, you know. But, you know, the fact that we get to share like the same drinking water, the same supermarkets, the same money, the same rights, the same laws, <laughs> the same race, certainly. Yeah. All of that stuff, the same air. You know, the fact that we get to sh- oh, it's just, you know, oh, it's so great. The the other side to that is that this guy's obviously getting published, otherwise he wouldn't have been picked up. So he's being published by someone. He's a professor, it turns out. He's a professor of what? Yeah, California State University. Please tell Northridge. me it's not sociology. Don't know what it is, but it, he's listed under GLAD. So he's a professor. Robert Oscar Lopez, a.k.a. Bobby Lopez. Oh, good old Bobby. Is a professor. Yep. And it, it's funny, too, because he, he even says here, he says, according to some historians of the so-called killing fields in the 1970s, um, the Khmer Rouge hunted down 
people with eyeglasses and killed them in mass. This did they did this ostensibly because they worried that people who were too intelligent might challenge the draconian policies of the government. Fortunately, the human rights uh, campaign has no killing fields. So I, I and my contact lenses are safe for now. Isn't he kind of implying that he's the intelligent one who's going to be killed? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, wait, you're... hold on, hold on a second, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Nobody's going to fucking mistake you for an intelligent person. You are safe. Oh, brother. man. You're you safe. can walk around yeah, I mean, naked, covered in money. You're that safe. Like, we'd be, you'd be leaving. You can walk around and be like, I'm made out of money. And people would just be like, eh, we're leaving that guy be. He yeah. could literally wear the thickest – like, he could, he could type. He could type binoculars to his face and he would still be safe. <laughs> well, this guy looks really small. Oh, no, he talks. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, no. He's actually wearing no. a Hubble he's... telescope on his head. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, he got the history kind of right. Certainly when the Khmer Rouge uh, instituted their regime and, and wanted to uh, revolutionise the uh, – the agriculture sector of um, of Cambodia, and they they pushed basically everybody who was uh, in an intellectual into the agriculture sector, uh, and pushed everybody from cities out into the country basically to make the food and feed the population. Um, they did kill basically anybody who was a dissenter, and most often the dissenters were the people that were intelligent enough to formulate sentences that would be picked up by people, the common people, uh, and generally those people were the smart people. So it's certainly true that they were killed, that uh, you know journalists, academics, etc., were killed as a result of their speaking out. Uh, but it wasn't the fact that they were wearing glasses, it was the fact that they were dissenters. And uh, to refer to... to oh my my goodness, to refer to gay people uh, as though they are Pol Pot is um, is repugnant. I mean, there's just no other way word to say it. It is just horribly, horribly repugnant that he would make that such a ridiculous assertion. He starts off with this premise, right? He, he says, "Parenthood is their great white whale. They want to have children, or love them, and call them mom and dad. They need to get these children from you because biology prevents them from siring them naturally." Well. Well, yeah, I guess if you're really, really not a good creative problem solver, like if the only way you can think to solve that problem is is by, you know, heterosexuals having sex with each other. Yes. But I mean, it's fucking 2014. These are problems we can readily solve otherwise. And there's nothing necessarily unnatural, but whatever. That natural comment is just like a fucking red herring. Um, you know, and he says, like, this is the main agenda. He says this is the main agenda of the gay lobby is basically to normalize um, children being born to same-sex couples. But he never presents an argument about why that's a bad thing. Like, at yeah. no point does he actually elucidate a single coherent point where he says, like, hey, these kids would... I, I can't even imagine what the point would be. I'm not even going to make one up. but Because at no point does he like, expound on anything. He just throws metaphor after endless metaphor, comparing shit to other shit. And they're shit. really bad metaphors, too. Right. But, <laughs> the, the, but there's a reason behind that, Tom. The, the, you know, the reason behind it is there, there have been multiple studies done into whether children of gay couples fare any differently, you know, i.e. better or worse, than children of uh, straight couples, and there is literally no difference to be found. 
There is no statistically significant. There were no outliers. You know, sorry, there were probably outliers, but there was nothing statistically significant. There was nothing statistically different about children of same-sex couples and children of um, uh, heterosexual couples. There was literally none. There, there are certainly differences between um, children with parents and single-parent children. Or children of single parents, <laughs> single parent children. That single doesn't work. parent but, children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. But so there do are you have to put your embryo there. in a sperm to get one of those? How yeah. Do you do? <laughs> first, you, first you have to have your your sperm milked by a lesbian. There's uh, certain protocols associated. But yeah, there, there is literally no difference. There is absolutely no difference. There is nothing to be gained or lost by having a gay, um, uh, you know, same sex parents. Well, what's the weird comment he has here where he says, not only does the human rights campaign explode into hysteria when they see me traveling to Paris and gasp talking to people in French, that's the end of the sentence. That's not a complete sentence. This man. So not only does he understand, not only does he understand sexuality, he doesn't understand syntax and sentence structure. But here's the best part. His PhD is in English. (laughs) (laughs) that's not even a complete fucking sentence so (laughs) it's just it's just a clause that's not even a complete fucking sentence so jake uh your uh your podcast is uh, reaching a little uh, milestone here. Little milestone, yeah, two hundred episodes. We've um... no, really, it's like four hundred and sixty or something, right? Yes, I think I, I was counting this morning. We're up to three hundred and twelve in 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 total <laughs> because you know I, I put out point fives and bonuses and and such. But we we do uh... put out two episodes a week and, and only number one of them. Um, so it's it, it certainly you know <laughs> we've achieved quite a high number without achieving quite a high number, but. Um, yeah, certainly it's a it's it's an accolade nonetheless. We're excited, yeah, right? Sure, you just need to put aside some time to celebrate once in a while, <laughs> and this seems like a good enough time, I guess. So, yeah, two hundred episodes. Congratulations! Thank you, sir. That's awesome. Thank you, sir. the arbitrary nature it. of your accomplishment. It's like, yeah, we're celebrating two hundred, which is not actually two hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. actually substantially more than that. We should but- have celebrated li- 100 episodes ago. <laughs> that's the kind of procrastination I can actually get on board with. Like that's it's like six months go by and you're like, uh, did we celebrate? No, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, we can get around to that. It's been half a fucking year. Yeah. Well, I'm actually relatively sure that I don't want to number the episodes anymore because I really, I, I haven't cared about the numbers really ever. But uh, I think I think it's an appropriate time to no longer number them and just go by the title or something like that. Oh, so you're just going to be doing numbers now? No, no more numbers. That's it. No numbers. It's just going to be. Um, wow. It's just going to be new episode, new episode, whatever. So what will you celebrate in the future? Just like a time of year? My birthday, like, it's yeah. Christmas time. Something like that. Yeah, we started yeah. around May in uh, 2010. So I think around May in 20, or each year, around May each year, we'll, we'll celebrate another year of the podcast. I think what you've got to do is you've got to set a, a, a listener goal. You know, like, so instead of, you know, yeah, we hit 200 episodes. It's like, yeah, we hit seven listeners, you know, and then when you get there, <laughs> then you could celebrate. So in a few years, you well, know. 
for the <laughs> in a few years, I'm really looking forward to getting seven listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, for the first for the first probably year, we were we were maxing out at about a hundred, maybe two hundred listeners a week, and then all of a sudden, the show reached the um, the <laughs> basically we reached the American market, and it exploded from there out. <laughs> that happens um, in so- America. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's it's because there's one or two of you out there. It's just yeah. the Twinkies. It's just it's like all of a sudden it's, yeah, it's just the just downloads are bigger. The it's out. not even that yeah, there's yeah. more of them. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, the more robust. download costs for many. Yeah, the, it's the imperial metric system. <laughs> yeah. Our downloads are like six of your downloads. <laughs> Love it. Well, Jake, if people were going to find your podcast, where would they look? Uh, yeah, so go to imaginaryfriendsshow.com or iTunes. You can search for Imag and it'll pop up. Um, the other thing is... Uh, <laughs> Imag. <laughs> in, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we're doing our next uh, live show um, for people in Brisbane. I, I understand you guys are doing a, um, a picnic or something tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to be getting together with some fans tomorrow at a picnic, but we won't be doing a show. Ah, we're just going to yeah, be standing, standing there, there awkwardly drinking I'll be beer. drinking heavily <laughs> uh, from the moment yeah. we arrive. That way I can pretend that I'm actually not socially awkward. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm actually not yeah. getting out of the car. So I'm just going to go there and I'm just going to sit in the car the whole time. Oh my God, guys, I can't believe these picnics are so lame. <laughs> So now you're going to have a, another skeptic camp, though. Uh, no, so we, we are. Well, we are certainly going to have another skeptic camp. That'll be next year. But uh, we've got the uh, Brisbane Skeptic Society oh. is putting on um, a, another uh, live podcast event between uh, the Imaginary Friends Show and Skeptically Challenged with Ross Balch. Um, so we'll have a couple of um, my show regulars. I think Nick Morganmore, who you guys will meet today on on my show, he's a comedian. He's a funny guy. Um, he'll be probably there on the panel as well as uh, a couple of other regulars. So uh, if uh, Brisbane listeners, people from around Brisbane, Queensland, etc., are interested, it's Wednesday, October 22nd uh, at the Plough Inn in South Bank. And uh, if you're a member of the, or even if you're not a member of the Brisbane Skeptic Society, you can go to the Facebook page for the Brisbane Skeptic Society and um, join the Facebook event for that. Wonderful. And come along, 22nd of October. It's going to be awesome. Oh. I mean, don't let's not, let's not put the cart before the horse here, buddy. It'll be. I mean, you'll be there. So yeah, let's. Right. 20, how about how about twenty second of October? That's a day. That would have, you know, because I would believe that pitch. Like I would. I feel like I feel like I'd be on board with that. Well, now that we've fucking gotten rid of Jake, yeah. you know, which I say fucking good riddance. But yeah. if you wanna. If you want to hear us uh, debase ourselves even further with Jake, uh, his 200th episode, Cecil, is 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 out. Yes. Um, and uh, we were uh, fortunate enough. I don't know. Is that the right word? Fortunate, fortunate enough. enough. Suckers enough. Suckers. Maybe. I think it's probably better. Yeah. Right. To appear on that. Uh, yeah. and, and episode 200.5. Because yeah. if you think my accounting is bad. Yeah. <laughs> This you is, should see how Jake does. This it. is going to be his last counting. He said though, so the two point two hundred point five will be on his last counted episode. Um, we had a great time with Jake and uh, a bunch of other people. So give it a listen. It's on uh, imaginaryfriendshow.com. and uh, and it turned out to be like two full hours of recording. Yes, it certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> and since we were talked to Jake, Tom, we had a picnic. 
That we did. Went, the picnic was a rousing success, I thought. Yeah, it went over well. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, we got a chance to meet a ton of people, so we're really excited uh, to you know actually meet some people who listen to the show. Uh, they came out in the... It was fucking pretty cold. I mean, it hasn't been cold a lot in Chicago. I mean, it's been a chilly summer, but it hasn't been, like, cold. And this is wintry mix yesterday. I mean, there was snow falling from the sky at a certain point, and people still came out in the cold. And we ate some cold food and drank some cold beer and hung out for about four hours. Uh, and we had about, I would say, around uh, maybe between 30 and 40 people show up total. And it, it, it turned out to be a great time. So we want to thank everybody who showed up. Um, we clearly can't thank you all individually, but there were some people who came from really far away. Some people came from Cincinnati, some people who came from D.C., a couple of people from Michigan, people from downstate Illinois, uh, you know, really far away distances, Wisconsin. So we want to thank everybody who just decided to get in the car, come on down and just hang out with us for a couple hours. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was actually quite a lot of fun. It was very nice to meet people that are uh, generally demonstrably kinder and smarter than I am. Yeah. So. Um, thanks for giving Cecil lots of fucking other options when I bollocks this up. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. Uh, so let's cover the story, Cecil, from Addicting Info, because, ah, uh, over 100,000 sexually explicit photos of children found on arrested archbishop's computer. Now, Cecil, uh, you're better at two things than I am, so I'm going to have to ask you for some for some information sure, before I can sure. properly evaluate this article. Go ahead. First of all, um, you're more familiar with the Catholic Church than I am. I've only gone for weddings and funerals, so I've yeah. never actually been to a Mass. Um, an archbishop, is that... How high up in the church is an archbishop? Well, you see, on one side you have the bishop, and then his enemy is the archbishop, and they fight, right? Oh, gotcha. So like, <laughs> it's so, like the anti-bishop. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, like, the, when you get these confused, like, he's this guy's actually a villain. <laughs> like, people just don't understand that when they're like, oh, he's in the Catholic Church, he's an archbishop. No, he's archbishops, are the, they're the bad guys in the movie. The, that's why they wear the red beanie. Exactly, so easier yeah, to they, identify. They identify yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, always they always wear, like, capes. You know, like, certain ones always wear capes. <laughs> So, no, archbishop means I I think it's higher than a bishop, but lower than a cardinal. So, okay. All right. So this know. is pretty high up That's in the church, up, right? Because yeah. like a like it's a priest, then a bishop. Yeah, a bishop then is an like archbishop. A bishop is like a guy who has like, I think, control of a cathedral. So like certain churches are bigger churches and bigger congregations. That probably fucking fucking buggering this up completely <laughs> but i think i'm pretty sure it's like a bishop is of a, just a bigger area so like a bigger larger area gotcha. and then the archbishop gotcha. is like yeah. the middle manager gotcha okay so, all right and then now i'm i as as all of our listener can uh, attest to um i'm not so good with the numbers so one hundred thousand is that a big number I mean, you know, if you're talking about like the size of the universe, no, yeah, right. no, it's yeah, not so a big okay. number. The size of the, even the size, I would say the size of the solar system, not a big number, not a big number. Talking but, about all the people in the world, probably not that big a number. Um, but if you were talking about, say, someone's normal porn collection, that would be a lot. A <laughs> hundred thousand <laughs> images, man. You know, here's the, okay. So a hundred thousand images and it was 86,000 uh, images and 160 videos were found. An additional 45,000 photos had been deleted, and it said, upon examination, the video files were of teenage boys being forced into sexual acts with other adults, and 
86,000 plus photographs had been neatly organized into category-based folders. And I'm thinking, man, you really are a guy who spends a lot of time with your porn if you collate it. You know what I mean? Right? You're just like, you're like, what am I in the end? You know what? I actually, I have a file management system for this set up. You know, I wonder if it's like he just tags it. You know, he's got like right. certain meta tags for it. It's like. I mean, I, I, I guess I could get in some really dark territory. I'm not going there. <laughs> so I'm just leaving it alone with that. But clearly he tags it, you know. You know, at some point you've collected. There has to be that moment where, you, where you're looking and you're like, man, my desktop is so cluttered with kitty porn. <laughs> I'm going to – I really – like I need to do some fucking digital housekeeping. You really here. do. This has gotten yeah. – my fucking child pornography collection yeah. has really gotten out of control. Um, so it's time to, I mean, how much time would it take? Be like looking at the image. I'm like, uh, no. Okay. That's, that's definitely going to fall into this. Oh, that could be either or categorically. <laughs> I'm going to have to. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Actually, why don't I just copy that one into three folders? Right. Okay. Here yeah. we go. We'll just move that into three folders. Yeah. That way. <laughs> you know, I want to know that I find. I want to make sure. When I, when I'm, when, when I'm, I'm looking mood. for deplorable yeah. pictures of human suffering. Yeah. I want to make sure I get the right deplorable pictures of human suffering. Right, absolutely. Like when children are being sexually exploited for my gratification. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm looking at you the know, right tear-stained faces you know, of youngins. You make it sound so bad, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'll tell you. And you know the worst part about this is that it's not like this guy is getting his rocks off in some sort of legal way, right? Like if, if this 66-year-old guy wanted to go out and have some sexual encounter with a consenting adult somewhere privately, while it is against his vows, it's not against the law. You know what I mean? It's and not a thing care. that anybody outside of his circle of people would care about. If some right. priest got caught this week having sex with a hooker, if they weren't doing it and at the same time attacking other people who do it and being a hypocrite, it wouldn't even be a story that we would even cover. But instead, this guy is going out and, you know, he's he's not only that because it says at one point it says that he uh, was the head of the church and he was allowed to walk freely in Rome despite allegations of having paid minors for sex. And now a minor, it's not like fucking somebody walks up to you like a like shoeshine box style is like, you know, <laughs> hey, can I, you know, like there's a, a Hello, governor shine right, a knob exactly. for you. There's <laughs> a there's a there's an adult that is fucking facilitating you having sex with a minor. Right. Right. There's always an adult involved on the other end. It's not like the little kids in the uh, in the other countries are just like, yeah, I'm fucking I make it on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I, mean, I just go out and. Sell my ass, you know what I mean? And then just go out and – no, there's an adult that is doing it. You know, it, and it's like it's like he's doing something that is as sinful as he can get, right? He gets to this point where he's just like, man, I just, I just got to go out and do something sinful. Well, I'm just going to – I'm not going to do like one thing. I'm going to go out and do something really, really fucking hyper sinful. <laughs> like right. not, just, not just something that would, you know, make other people look at me and be like, oh, it's kind of unsavory. Instead, it's like, like deplorable. Like I fucking a fucking two-year-old would be about the same level. You know what I mean? Like you're – at this point, you're paying someone to facilitate sex with an unwilling participant. You know, the only – upside uh. to this story is that he was fucking arrested in the Vatican. Right. You know, so let's let's do so give the the credit where the credit is sure. due, you know, because this is actually, you know, this is this is a step in the right direction. So yes, he was 
like there were allegations, but I mean, let's be fair. Allegations are allegations. So until they're, you know, until they're proven, I mean, you you know, you gotta do some investigation there and make sure. But well, in this case, like. It's pretty hard to be like, uh, those weren't my 86,000 yeah. photos neatly organized into categories of human suffering. I just grabbed the wrong USB drive when right. I was hanging out. Sorry. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. You know, I, I have, you know, this. I have a real... four terabyte USB yeah, drive. I just and, like, this... have to put it in a fucking cart to move <laughs> I have it this Lexar one and you have this Lexar one. Mine's blue. Yours is gray. Well, mine is shaped like a teenage cock. Yeah, mine... <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's, it's a little smaller. It's a mini USB. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and it looks like the the Pope here. I mean, the Pope has actually gone out of his way to call it an ugly crime and said it was a satanic mass. I don't really know what that means, but evidently that's bad. Okay, so he's saying uh, it's fucking not a good thing and it shouldn't be done. And that's that's it's great that somebody's stepping out and saying it because clearly there has been so much fucking basically everybody's had this closed mouth policy based on this for a long time in that organization. They've just pretended it doesn't exist. Now they have an open mouth mouth policy behind doors and a closed (laughs) mouth policy. You know, they're just like, they don't, they pretend it doesn't exist. And at least somebody's acknowledging that it's existing by arresting someone. And I wonder like, does the Vatican, and I actually don't know this. Like, do they have a, justice system and a prison well, system they, they i don't know that they they whether or not that is true but they certainly are their own like little city state you know what i mean so they yeah they, I, I went there and they had little guards and little jaunty little outfits so because <laughs> it says that the vatican detectives were the ones that caught them i just wonder like <laughs> like how vatican does that work detectives. like, <laughs> like I, I see like sherlock holmes but instead they have like the pope mitre on instead of like the big like <laughs> hats the, that they used that the Sherlock Holmes had, right? Instead and of then, like the tweed outfit, yeah. it's just yeah, the, <laughs> a big monocle, the Vatican a monocle or a big magnifying glasses. They're like walking around looking at footprints as they walk. There's like footprints in the semen. They're like, yeah. oh go gosh, in. that's oh that's horrible. Let's uh. move on. Oh, I don't feel good about that comment. Uh. What are you gonna cry now? Come on, cry, baby. Cry for me. Come on. Cry. So this next story comes from The Telegraph. Uh, Ultra-Orthodox Jews cause chaos Ah! (laughs) on flight to Israel. Flight delayed because of demand to segregate men and women. So um, there was a flight from New York to Tel Aviv um, that turned into an 11-hour nightmare, um, not just because of bad honey-roasted peanuts, but because... Ultra-Orthodox Jewish passengers refuse to sit next to women. And I would say that that is actually not the issue. The issue is that somebody fucking paid attention to their demands. Yep, that's exactly that's it. That's the fucking issue. Because that's if exactly I, like, it. I got to tell you, like, if I'm that and it's like, I'm not sitting next to a woman, it's like, you've got two choices. Sit in your fucking seat or get off the airplane. Right. Those are your choices. This is, this is a private company. This is like you are on private property. It's not public grounds. It's not I don't a, have to deal with your shit. It's not a right. It's a privilege. Flying right. is a privilege. It's not a right. You don't get. You don't fucking automatically get to fly. You don't yeah. get to show up places and you know make demands of people when it's not your. It's not a place that's run by someone who is respecting of your your cultural beliefs. You know, it's like it's like it'd be like if they were giving into like a whole. Let's say the KKK got on a plane and they didn't want to sit next to anybody who wasn't white. Yeah, right. You know, you'd be like, well, See, sorry. That's the fucking seat you got. You don't want to sit next to anybody that's white. Fucking charter a whole plane. I, I don't understand how that's not exactly comparable. You know, or if I just... Can you imagine if I got on an airplane, I'm like, I demand a window seat. And they were like, 
well, fucking it's first come, first serve, dude. You're on Southwest. Like, yeah. get, fucking sit down. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I demand a window seat. They'd be like, get the fuck off that airplane. Yep. They would, nobody would tolerate that for a fucking minute. But because this is like, you know, and, and I put I put in the tweet, and I, I think this is true, like, this is misogyny, right? You're saying, like, I'm not sitting next to a woman. Women are unclean. They're less than. There's something yeah. something unpleasant about women that says, I can't sit next to you. As a, like, I'm not... But because this is like some kind of religious-based misogyny, then the, you know this suddenly delayed the flight. They shouldn't have delayed the flight a minute. Like the flight should have been like, "Look, we leave at eleven. You're on it or you're off it." They sit. stood in the aisles. Like at a point, these people like that because they were so mad about having to sit next to women. They're like, finally tried to fucking do the best they could to switch seats and do whatever. Then they made them. Then they, they they decided to stand anyway in like fucking some sort of protest. I had to fucking just land on the plane with them standing. I'm like, hey, fucking, I told you to take your seat. Didn't take your seat. Oh yeah, well. But- and the problem is they'll get sued. You know what I mean? Like you get sued because they'll be like, oh, fucking, I wanted to sit. I wanted to fucking basically shove my religion down everybody's throats and make sure that you know I didn't sit next to somebody. What I I don't want to sit next to one of these jagoffs. You know, if I'm right. flying, I don't want to sit next. To, but if I have to, I have to. That's the yeah. way it is. I'm gonna have to do it. So you wouldn't fucking protest and like make a big goddamn stick. You're on a fucking you're on a privately owned but public space. Yeah. Like be polite. Like just recognize it. Like you live in a world with seven billion people and you are not the most important one of them. I to be honest, this is I don't see exactly what you're saying, though, about like racism, though. I mean, this is this is get in the back of the bus, basically what they're saying. Right. You know, what I mean, this is clearly they don't want to sit next to women. What the fuck is going on? You're a fucking wackaloon. Yeah, I, I like your idea of just landing the plane and making them bounce all over the <laughs> place. But <laughs> making it a little bit of an extra hard landing and like watch them all go buckle. flying. Yeah, I, I would just make them be like, okay, hey, why don't you guys just go in the fucking cargo hold then? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome if there was like a section. Where it's like, obviously, this is horrifyingly impractical. But you know, have you ever seen those like those uh, parabolic flights where you're weightless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome if the if they were like, "Great, all right, so you can stand," and then they just like all of a sudden like go into one of those big <laughs> parabolic dives, and they just like, Wah, crash. All, all Wah, their braids crash. are like floating in the air. Their right. little braids, their just... little tuxedo hats are sort of above <laughs> their heads. And... So this story comes from Reuters. Um, This is very upsetting. Iranian man executed for heresy. Um, A former psychologist has been executed for heresy in Iran. Cecil, what was he executed for? And I'm going to give you a couple of options. Okay. I know you know the story. Sure, yeah. You know, the listeners might not. So was he executed for a bad Facebook post? Was he executed for wiping his ass with the Koran? <laughs> or was he executed for suggesting that the tale of Jonah and the whale was a metaphor? Wait, that's a metaphor? <laughs> I don't know what it would be a metaphor for. Why? Well, you would actually think that's a literal story. Like, you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> dude was swallowed by a whale, hung out for a while, <sighs> and then got vomited back up. It was fucking awesome. And I also, wasn't that fucking Geppetto? Didn't he get swallowed by a whale? Yeah, right? Like, and then Jonah's nose grew larger and larger. <laughs> like, wait. And then Jonah became a real boy. Oh, my what, God. What is fucking happening? This is fucking stupid, though. And, you know, it's funny because I, I watched a video this week where this guy was arguing 
Uh, he was on CNN or something like that and these people. And a bunch of my – what I think are probably either atheist or highly liberal friends on Facebook all posted this article. and like, this guy gets it. You know, It's one of those things. And this guy is arguing – these people on, on CNN are saying, well, is, is Islam a violent religion? And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, it's not a violent religion. He's like, but the people who practice it in certain places, those people, their countries are violent. And so therefore it's a violent religion. And he's going on. He's like, it's violent there, but it's not violent in other countries where it's, you know, there's other countries that use their, they, they don't do it. So it's not, you can't say it's ubiquitously violent all the way across the board. And they're like, well, but what about this? And they're going back and forth and they're arguing. This guy's kind of shooting them down each way because they're saying, well, what about in Saudi Arabia? He's like, well, Saudi Arabia is just a violent place because they, you know, it's like because it's run by a regime. It's not because it's religious. It's because it's run by a regime. And while I understand and get it at a certain point, I also say, look, they are specifically pointing to this book and saying this is a law we need to follow. Right. I am going to kill people based on blasphemy. I'm going to kill people if they point them point out something. They are actively killing people based on this book and because of this book, because of Facebook posts, because of apostasy. You know, when they're saying that they don't believe or when they they suggest something isn't true in this story. When they uh you know, they're killing people based on that. You can't fucking say that they're not doing it. You can't be like, "Oh, that's just that's just once in a while." And it's the state that is doing it. It is the state that is carrying these things out. So for you to be like, oh, well, it's just a few extremists. Well, the few extremists run the whole state then. Yeah, they run the country. You're like, okay, that- well, that's weird then. Okay, and then that's something we should be pointing out and saying that's fucking a wrong. That is a that is a, not a moral good that that is happening. And that means that the religion is at fault because it is powering their views. Yeah, it, it's like it's like blaming the direction of the boat but not taking account of the motor. You know, it's like, wait, what fucking what are you talking about? What gets us from here to there? It's the thing, like you said, when you say it's like the thing that's powering it, I totally agree with that, man. There's no way to look at a country like Iran or a country like Saudi Arabia, right, and say like, okay, well, we've talked about – like they have morality police that drive around enforcing the religious laws. And all of a sudden I'm supposed to to step back and be like, well, it's not the religion – Really? Then what the fuck are the morality police doing? Right. What do they have? Like, you'd wake up and you have nothing to do today then. You'd wake up and be like, oh, oh, I got to go to work, but I'm a morality policeman and so I don't have anything to do. No, you have fucking plenty to do because you have this fucking crazy book and you've got a whole system. You have a whole fucking power infrastructure that is built to allow you to impose the views of this book as interpreted by a select group of people. But they are still the views of this book. And you have a power infrastructure behind you, which absolutely forces this down every man, woman, and child's throat from the moment of their birth to the moment of their death. And I'm supposed to stop and say, yeah, but that's just a a cultural, it's a violent country. No, fuck that noise. That's fucking nonsense. So we're going to take a short break, give you some information on how to contact us and uh, how to donate to the show. And we'll be back right after. Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash DissonancePod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage, and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per-episode basis. If you can't spare any money, 
take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story comes unsurprisingly from Right Wing Watch. Texas Supreme Court Justice. The church has gone to sleep and let progressives rule every facet of government. Wait, does he understand that we haven't done anything at all in like the last four years <laughs> of the fucking deadlock in fucking Congress? Does he not know that? Is he not looking around? He's in Texas. Like, uh, like the like. If you're in Texas and you're like the progressives have won, you're like, wait a minute, where? <laughs> what did they win a talking? soccer game? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Hold on. Well, let's listen to him. He's got 55 right. seconds worth of blah, blah to go through here. So this is Justice, Supreme Court Justice John Devine. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's his an name. awesome name for this yeah, guy. Isn't isn't it? It? it is great. Uh, and he, he was he was on the Faith and Liberty program. So we we stick close as possible to the intent of the founders, as I see it in terms of constitutional the original intent. The original intent. It doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's made us great for so many so how do you react when you hear the Constitution is a living and breathing document? Well, it's just that's not what the intent of the Founding Fathers ever was. How do you know what the intent of the Founding Fathers was? Well, actually, um, he uh, he pulled Bill and Ted, who had an excellent adventure, by the way. <laughs> they and did. they were able yeah. to go back in time and ask sure, directly. I about so it's that. still yeah. kind of hearsay, yeah. but it is. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> Party on, dude. Yeah. So he listens to a lot of Wild Stallions yeah. uh, albums. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stallions I think that rules. makes him an expert. God, I haven't seen that movie in forever. <laughs> Good Lord. Why do I, why is that taking up space in my brain? How dare you? Uh, yeah. I, I. You know, the thing is, is like, I actually disagree. I was like, and, and because neither of us can tell what their intent was, we can only infer what their intent was. Um, I think we're both right then. Yeah, you know? there you go. Well, I guess, you know, my, I, I guess I would come at this sort of slightly differently and say, like, I don't. So which is which is right? Which is more useful might be a better question. Sure. Would it be more useful to have a constitution which allows for change over time? Um, or should we have a static constitution? I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Um, you know, my feeling is that a constitution should have ways to be. Oh God, what's the right word? Amended. Huh. For example, wow, yeah, it's kind of and a radical should... idea. <laughs> I, I don't know well, if it'll work, Tom. I, I can't imagine. So, I mean, it's like if the question is, was the Constitution intended to be a set of fucking stone tablets brought right. down from Mount Sinai? Right. You know, I think the answer is very clearly no. Um, it's intended to be able to be modified. And it, it strikes me that if something is able to be modified, it was written then with the intent and the understanding that it's not word from on high, that it's a bunch of dudes sitting in a room trying their very damnedest to come up with some very good ideas. But they have a, an, an innate recognition that they're just dudes in a room, no better or worse than any other set of dudes in a room. And they're trying their damnedest to come up with some ideas. But they have to recognize that as since we are not at the end point of history, we cannot account for all things today. Right. And but there's, you know, this idea that the the Constitution should be static suggests to me that we are at an end point of history or that we're looking at our world 
with a finite lens rather than a, a forward-looking lens. And that's, that's how do you build good government that way? How do you say like, yeah, well, you know, what we put together in fucking 1776 will definitely account for stem cells. Like, what the fuck? You couldn't even fucking say those. They wouldn't even know what cells were. Yeah. Like cells. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, Tom. It's not one of those. I mean, it, clearly it is a living, breathing document if you're going to have to change it. There's a little more. Those principles, if we would stick to those, like the Ten Commandments. I mean, if we would just stick to those basic principles, um, our nation would be far better off. Mm -hmm. And we would once again be the light on the hill. And uh, unfortunately, um, either the, the church has gone to sleep and many Americans have gone to sleep. And we have allowed um, those with these progressive ideas to inhabit the White House and yeah. almost every facet of government. I hate the fucking Ten Commandments comments, too. Oh, We're just like, like, which one? The one from Exodus or the one from Deuteronomy, first of all? Well, yeah. Or And, and you know, we've I've said this many times, but to goddamn the first fucking four are throwaway fucking comments. Yep. Like the first four of them are just like garbage. They're garbage. And can you imagine an economy where we actually enshrined, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Yeah. First of all, the Sabbath is not even agreed upon. Some say it's Saturday. Some say it's Sunday. So to, to play fair, you'd have to be like, okay, well, Saturday and Sunday, nobody can work. Oh, okay. Well, our economy will just grind to a halt for fucking two out of seven sure. days. And the coveting, the three at the end that are coveting. You're just like, well, right. that's, a, that's an internal thing. How do you even fucking legislate against an internal thing? That's like legislating against – I've seen these, these fucking parking signs. We're like, don't even think of parking here. It's like, fucking don't tell me what I can't think. I'm think of parking here. I'm thinking of parking there right now. I am thinking of parallel parking in your spot right now. What are you going to do to me? Nothing. Same thing here. It's like you can't fucking force me not to covet. I right. covet whatever the fuck I want to covet. There's no you can't fucking you can't be like, sorry, here's your coveting ticket. And go, yo, were you coveting? Well, we have a covet based economy. Yeah. It just seemed reasonable. <laughs> fuck you. You're all in jail. Exactly. Fucking, like the most, you know, the only funny thing is it would put all of the world's power brokers like immediately in suspicion. Right. Like because there's no way for you to want money. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. like why would you, what would you want money for if you or, weren't coveting something? Watch like, like a Cadillac commercial or an Acura commercial. It's right. all about coveting. It's all about look at my lifestyle. And it's specifically wanting you to like the thing so it would buy it. Like the entire concept <laughs> of marketing is to fucking get you to covet things. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. And I like too, it's like, well, we have to really get back to the tank. All right, well, fucking at least five or six of these things are fucking totally useless. And the rest of them are all conditional. Right. You know, it's like. We shall, shall not commit adultery. Whose fucking business is it of I yours? I know. I know. Fuck you. Like, and then what? the killing and the stealing. It's like, yeah, well, those are already laws. Yeah, like, right. Like, when did we get away from you can't steal and can't kill? The only two important ones in there. That's It really is. Like the Ten Commandments, like they are abs. And we've talked about this, but it bears repeating. They are not a useful set of commandments. They are not even like you can't even look at them and build a moral structure out of this. It's not like you can look at the Ten Commandments and be like, oh, man fucking nailed it with life because i followed the 10 commandments they're not even useful they're not even good guidelines you know so like okay don't kill or steal thanks fucking i'm now that i'm not three what else have you got for me okay so we want to thank of course all of our patrons first we want to thank everybody who came out to the picnic yesterday uh great time we had a wonderful time we wound up not being able to record afterwards uh, but we did record the next day. We had said we were going to record right away afterwards, but uh, we were so exhausted from the picnic and 
also being cold for four straight hours <laughs> and we decided not to do it. So we're, we're, uh, but we're very thankful that everybody came out and, uh, and, and had a good time. We want to thank our patrons because they make this possible. And we also want to mention too, uh, the, uh, the, we're going to be donating to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. We had mentioned on the ticket that if you came, we'd like you to donate some food items. And people brought tons of stuff. The back of my car is full of stuff that I'm going to drop off at the Food Depository tomorrow. So it's it's just a great thing that people have come out and, and, and took the time out of their day not only to come out, but then to also donate stuff so that other people can eat. And, uh, and that's a wonderful thing. We want to thank people for their generosity. And we also want to thank our patrons. Uh, they make this possible, too. So we want to thank uh, our newest patrons, Amy, Nate, Frankie, Bill, and Dana. Thank you all so much for your generous donations. Um, and we thank everybody who donates to the show. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been really wonderful to, uh, to use some of these funds to help other people and to have little get-togethers like the one we had yesterday. I just want to echo Cecil's sentiments very quickly. Um, I think he said it very well. But um, really, I mean, truly, our hearts are, thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Um, you know, the, the patrons having the, the, uh, the funds to be able to do things like the picnic, um, to be able to donate to charity, to be able to organize some things, um, it really makes a genuine difference to us and it makes a difference to other people. Um, and I think what we wanted to have happen at the picnic um, was for – People to come out and meet each other um, and to um, engage that level of community. And I think that I saw a lot of that happening. I saw a lot of people walking around, meeting new people. Um, and we're really just terribly grateful to everybody who spent their freezing cold, rainy Saturday with the likes of us. Um, so thank you very much. It was a pleasure to meet each and every one of you. So we want to burn through some email real quick. Uh, we wanted to uh, first talk a little bit about um, – Specifically, doctors. We had been getting uh, some messages, especially from 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 many different people. We had gotten messages, uh, and uh, they all talked about uh, doctors. Uh, basically, whether or not doctors were taking kickbacks from companies, and whether or not they uh, doctors chose their uh, their medicines that they prescribe based on uh, a good-looking sales representative, or whether or not they were getting kickbacks or getting flown to conferences and things like that. And a lot of these things sounded like sales, uh, sales motivation. So, like you know, whether or not you're buying it from a girl with a, that that you find attractive, or whether or not you're getting flown someplace based on the amount of sales that you do. Um, clearly, there are incentives in different ways in which people try to push medications, uh, and and we get that, we understand that. Um, what what the argument I was trying to make though was that there is no big pharma entity that is controlling big medicine to try to make more money by prescribing things that may or may not be necessary. That's the argument that we were trying to to make initially, very initially with the very first thing that we were talking about when the story first when the story that we were referring to came out. That argument then shifted based on, well, some doctors do get money. Yes, we recognize that some doctors and there's there's fail safes in place to make sure that this that that sort of thing doesn't happen. Um, there's laws against it and things like that. So, yes, clearly there are people who break the law. Yes, clearly there are people who don't uh, who may have some unethical practices. Unethical practices are probably just as as uh, as common in the medical field as they are in every other field. Um, but I don't think that there's some sort of overarching conspiracy behind the whole thing is what the argument I was trying to make. Yeah, there's no systemic defining practice um, where, 
you know, you go to your family physician and they say, yeah, I'm going to give this guy this medicine. As soon as they walk out the door, they're like checking their commission for having, you know, prescribed you Lyrica instead of Neurontin or something, you know, like it's not it's it's just not how that's just not the practicality. Now, there, granted, there are like Cecil said, there are sales incentives, um, you know, pharmaceutical sales reps do come by. They have influence. Uh, absolutely. But that's not the same. That's really not the same thing. That's not the same thing as a direct quid pro quo. Um, and that's really what we were kind of talking about. You know, the idea, too, that like, well, you know, doctors can be paid exorbitant speaking fees or advertising. Yeah, I mean, sure, uh, they can be, but not everybody can be a speaker. <laughs> you know, the majority of people um, are listening to a speech. They're not giving the speech. So, um, yes, uh, can it happen? Sure. Are there indirect methods of compensation? You know, I'm certain that there is a number of indirect methods of compensation. Um, but on a one-to-one uh, individual level basis, no. I mean, there is no there is no direct quid pro quo that goes on um, between pharmaceutical and the individual doctor level. It's just – it's illegal. <laughs> and it doesn't – yeah. it doesn't – it also just doesn't jive with the doctors that I know personally. Um, and it doesn't jive with the, the experience that I've had as a patient. Um, and it just it just also doesn't make make ethical sense. We want to thank everybody who participated in the long black cock slash Kiva challenge that we did. We did. There was a <laughs> lot of people that sent us messages and said that they donated to Kiva based on this. Somebody else had already said, yeah, I had already donated, but I wound up reinvesting again and donating more. And I also sent out gift cards to friends because I wanted to make sure that they did Kiva as well. So thank you very much. So there's a lot of people who did it. We had funded several projects. Those projects haven't paid us back yet, but when they do, we're going to reinvest that money. So we want to thank everybody who donated to Kiva and we'll keep you abreast on if our, if the projects, once the projects we, we have donated to pay us back, we will mention what those projects are on the show. So people know sort of the things that, uh, that we donated to. And, uh, and we'd love to see the, the ones that you donated to, too. So if you send us a message, we'd love to see them. We got a message. This is great. We got a message from a concerned mother in Alabama. And Tom, why don't you read the message? Because we're going to post the link to this uh, on this episode, episode 181. Dear Tom and Cecil, I'm an anonymous listener who is deeply offended by your most recent episode in which you insinuated that it was ridiculous for there to be a community of well water drinkers. I will have you know that there is and has been a well-established well-water drinking group on them internets for a while now, <laughs> as you can see by our very prestigious subreddit. And then there's a link to the Reddit, uh, which is uh, subreddit well-water drinkers. Please acknowledge this blasphemous error on your next podcast, A Concerned Mother in Alabama. And this person actually has a subreddit for well-water drinkers. It, yeah. It's they, awesome. They created it specifically based on the show. So if you so go funny. check out this subreddit, check out their post. There's only one post in there now. And then there's also a, a, a post on the side that basically references the episode. It's just a funny joke. Like, it's funny they went to all this trouble to do this. So we're going to put a link to Reddit's uh, well-water drinkers subreddit um, so you can go check that out. I wanted to mention, too, we got a comment um, from Phil on our blog, and then we also got a couple other comments based on this. And I wanted to mention this. Um, the, the person uh, had said that uh, they said it's nuts to believe that women are not represented in Congress unless half of them are women. Uh, do you think only men can be represented by male politicians? Uh, feminists might not like like it, but women already vote for whoever they like and run for office wherever they like. 
And the more women voters and there are more women voters, yet Obama won over Hillary in the primaries. So read into that whatever you like. And then they also say that having 50 percent of females in every workplace is literally impossible. I never said that there should be 50 percent of women in the workplace. I don't know where you got that from, but I never said that. And I also didn't say that I think that it should be half women in Congress. But I do think women are underrepresented. Um, I don't think that they should be half. But I think that they should be a bigger, a more substantial size than they currently are. And the reason why they're not, and this is, I think, you know, you can read into this however you like, but there has been in Congress 12,000, about 12,000 people have been uh, members of Congress in both the House and the Senate since we've become a country. Only a little under 300 of them have been women. And of that, the women that are currently serving, there's about a, a little less than 100. So you're looking at a third of those women have uh, have are currently serving now. If you look back and look back through time, how many and women only got the right to vote within the last century. So, you know, we're looking at a, 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 a way in which to systematically disenfranchise women from the entire process. She doesn't think that she can get elected. She probably won't run. Look at women that have run for president. You know, you mentioned Hillary, but Hillary is clearly the exception, not the rule. Look at all the women who have run for president. Go ahead and look at a Wikipedia article. Look at how many votes they've gotten. Not many women have gotten very far at all running for president. They've gotten thousands of votes, not millions at all. And in the primaries, Hillary tried to run, but she is clearly the exception. So you're pointing at one thing. You're not saying, well, there's been this long line of women who've been running for president. No, there hasn't. And not ones that you've heard of. I, I agree with that. And I also think if you just stop and take a look at who are the power brokers in the world, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, CEOs for major corporations, people at executive levels all across the board, um, people in government, not only at very high levels, but also at uh, uh, state levels. Um, you know, you, you do see that, you know, 50 like percent. OK, you know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Is it a, would we say it's unfair if it's not? No, but um, half of half, um, you know, we're at we're at less than half of half. And I, I think when we and that's just in terms of people representing us in, in, in Congress. But, you know, again, look at the power brokers in the world. And that that helps you to understand if there's a gender bias to the power structure that defines, you know, who governs us, um, you know, not just on a governmental level, but on an everyday practical level. Um, you know, with with representation in corporations, uh, you know, across corporate America, who are the, who are the police chiefs, police captains, like who are the power brokers in the world? Um, and if you see a huge gender disparity, that at the very least should cause you to say, well, why? <laughs> Where yeah. does that come from? Yeah. Uh, let's ask some questions about that and, and wonder if that's the best way to build a just society. Yeah. And I, and I really do think that, you know, there's a, the track record causes people that might be uh, might be good at this and might might actually be a very good representative not to do it because they don't think that they can get elected because their track record has shown that they haven't been elected much in the past. So when you say, well, women are voting. Yeah, well, what's the choices out there? Uh, we got a message from Mark and Mark says uh, basically he just wanted to say that he's a Christian, a liberal Christian, and he agrees with us. And he just wanted to let you know that he is always astonished at fucking the nutty people that we talk about. And he's he's you know, he's one of those people that finds enough in common with us that even though we don't agree on the God thing, he still listens to us and still likes the show. We want to thank you for listening, Mark. But we also I also want to mention, too, I don't know where I heard this. And I, for some reason, I'm going back to Jamie Ian Swiss. I don't know if it was him or not, but 
I'm going back to that. And one of the things I'm thinking of is some, he had said something or someone had said something based, based on the idea that I may have something more in common with a liberal Christian, a Christian that is as liberal as I am. I may have more in common with them than I would an atheist who happens to be a conservative or a far, let's say, a far right-leaning libertarian. I might have more in common with the Christian because I only disagree on like one or two things with the Christian. They might be big things based on your God, but it's still not enough to make us disagree on all the other things. And I think that that's an interesting – you know, we can have Christian allies in this. You know, and I, I, this got me to thinking. I, I am curious if you are a uh, religious listener – um, I guess Cecil and I assume that the obviously the vast majority of our listeners um, are probably atheists or at the very least agnostic. But if you are a, a religious listener, um, I'd be very curious about that. Post it to our Facebook or send us an email. Um, I, I'm curious to know kind of uh, the faith background, if any, of, of other listeners that might be uh, listening to the program. We got a message uh, from Rolf, and Rolf is in Sweden, and he said uh, we should come to QEDCon, but then he also said... Uh, and, you know, we are planning on that in a couple years, we think, or a year. We're not sure when, but we'd like to come out to QEDCon. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're, we love all the guys over there. You know, um, we love the people who put on Incredulous. We love the people who put on Skeptics with a K. And then there's a couple other podcasts over there that we've, we've had. We've had a lot of good relations with those people, and they're very nice. We'd love to come out and see, uh, see England and, and get a chance to talk to them. But he says, I dare you to say the Swedish word for Undertaker. Tom, take a stab at it. Oh, I think I'm going to nail this. It's uh, Beg Robinson Trep Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur? That is an entrepreneur at the end, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to try it. Here we go. Beg Ravings Sent E Pranor. Nicely done. I think that that's I think exactly that's, I think right. that's how you pronounce it. I think it that's exactly. how you say it. So thank yeah. you very much for sending in your message, Ralph. If we ever get over there, we'll let people know we're going. Oh, man. I hope if I go there, I don't need an undertaker. <laughs> I won't know how to call out for one, but. We got a message from uh, from Kevin, and he asked us, please, not to use the word homosexual. Uh, we try to avoid that word. I try to avoid it all the time if I can. Sometimes my brain doesn't let me avoid it, and I, if it's said in the story, sometimes I say it again. I try to use gay as often as I can, but sometimes I, a homosexual will slip out. Uh, I apologize if I ever offend anybody for that, but I, I also hope that you remember in, the, in this context that I'm never actually being disparaging, that I'm never actually trying to... Uh, insult anyone. So if I do say it, I'm just using it as a term based on uh, the story, probably because my brain is too slow to actually slip it and flip it for gays because that's how they refer to gay people. So just understand that I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings when I say it. And if it slips out, it's it's completely an accident. I had no idea homosexual. I mean, I guess it just I just I, it doesn't sound it didn't seem pejorative to me. Um, in fact, I guess I would have thought that the word gay maybe would be a little pejorative if either one of them was, because sometimes people will use the word gay as an insult, like yeah. kids on the schoolyard will call each other gay, you know, as an insult. So I, as an outsider to that community, I think it's challenging to try to find ways to address um, people within that community in a way that respects everybody um, and, and is uh, respectful of everybody's desire for the right uh, language. Um, I guess, you know, I would echo Cecil's sentiments that the context here hopefully overrides the occasional slip in language. So we want to thank Jake uh, from the ImaginaryFriendsShow.com podcast for joining us. You can find his show at ImaginaryFriendsShow.com. And 
uh, he we also appeared on his show this week on uh, IFS 200 and 200.5. So check those out on his website. Uh, we were joined by a bunch of other people, uh, but we had a great time hanging out with him. And, uh, and we hope you check out his show. We also want to mention that we are going to hopefully uh, have uh, Bill and Susie from the Barroom Atheist come on our show. And then we are going to be on their show. Uh, very soon. We're not sure when that's going to happen. We're still sort of in talks with them. Um, but uh, if you haven't checked out Barroom Atheist, you should. And we'll let you know uh, in the very near future. If we do get on their show, we'll post a link. Um, we hope that that comes to fruition. Uh, so we're going to close it out. Uh, we're going to have a midweek episode this upcoming week. So check it out. And, uh, and we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.